following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. And we've got maybe the craziest stat you've ever seen. Oh, that's a tease. This is Coach Beak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtemney and Zach Womble. Hey guys, welcome back to Coach Speak. Uh, we missed you last week, uh, took a, a little bit of a break from the show, but we're back better than ever this week, Zach, isn't that right? That's exactly right, Brady. We've got um, a lot to jump into today. As you know, we're going into week 10 action, so we've got playoffs just around the corner. So I know folks are going to be eager, chomping at the bit to hear what we've got to say about their respective teams who they match up with, and kind of where they go from here. So super excited about this episode, absolutely. Yeah, I like to think they're always chomping at the bit to hear what we have to say, but... Yeah, yeah. for sure. Playoffs playoffs makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, Absolutely. You know, as people in the county, in Montgomery County, I should say, will know, um, I had a a full slate of of bye weeks last week, so... Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not going to have a player of the week for anybody here, I guess... um, that make that makes my job a little bit easier, but um, I gotta imagine you've probably got someone that you're uh, ready to ready to honor. Yeah, Brady. So our Sumner County Player of the Week this week was a pretty easy choice, if um if I'm being honest with you. Uh, it was a game I did not cover. It was actually a game that no one covered for us as a company. We're going all the way to Knoxville, Tennessee, 160 miles east to honor. I see why Kenny. we didn't have anyone there? Yeah, exactly. To honor Kenny Mitchie, junior quarterback for Pope John Paul II. Brady, listen to these numbers. 27 of 40. Okay, let's stop there. 40 passes in a high school season or a high school game is astounding. You don't see it's a lot. No, you never see that. He threw for 488 yards and two touchdowns with his longest pass coming from 74 yards. Woof. Four eight eight. If you did not get that, that's almost five hundred. That is almost five hundred. Good math. Yeah, math guy, <laughs> math guy, here, right here. Yeah, yeah. No, but listen, seriously, 488 yards, 27 of 40, two touchdowns. Honestly, it was hard not to, you know, I'm going to do it <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm going to throw in his teammates, Brady, just because you don't have a player of the week this week. Let's honor hey, some more. Yeah. Let's honor some more kids. Steph Why Carter, not? Steph Carter, eight catches, 198 yards. Woo. Colin Cook, 10 grabs, 173 yards, and a tutty. Sheesh. And then Jackson Noble, a modest five catches for 88 yards in a tutty. Man. And then you throw in Elijah Robb, three catches, 29 yards. But listen, the top three that I just mentioned, Steph Carter, eight catches, 198 yards. Colin Cook, 10 grabs, 173 yards in a tutty. Plus Colin, uh, plus Kenny Mitchie's 488-yard day. Our coach like speak a, player of the week. That sounds like a Big 12 offense. It. Kind of is. Honestly, you know, I asked, listen, I asked Justin Geisinger, like, guys, you had like 41 yards of rushing. Like, what gives here? <laughs> and he said, listen, Zach, that is without a doubt the best defensive line we have faced all season and probably will face. Their strength is their box. And we just knew we wanted to throw the run to set up the pass. We just wanted to go in reverse this week than, than a lot of teams usually do. And, uh, hey, credit to them. It worked out. Listen, Brady, they jumped all over. All over Knox Catholic. They get up 21 to 3 after the first quarter, but Ooh. then Knox Catholic made a comeback before taking a 33 to 26 lead over them uh, before eventually Pope John Paul won on an Andrew South 47 yard field goal. But nevertheless, all that's to say, 
Kenny Minchie, Steph Carter, Colin Cook are players of the week for Coach Speak this week. And you said that game was in Knoxville, right? Yeah, that's right. It was in Knoxville. So to do it on the road, um, listen, I implore you to check out Listen, you don't have to read the entire story from my Pope Prep win over Knox Catholic, um, but I implore you to read the first quote, the first two sentences from that story. That's your because that's your coach speak homework of the week. Yeah, because it just sets the tone for what they were able to accomplish. You know, Geisinger says, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, we could feel this, we could feel the energy flipping. We could feel the momentum in their favor. So and to come back to tie it up in the fourth quarter and then and then get the ball back for Andrew Southard to go down and kick a 47-yard field goal. Looked good from about 60. If you haven't seen that video, it's out there on Twitter. Listen, maybe University of Tennessee should look at Andrew Southard as a kicker. I don't know. I don't know all about kicking, but, man, he put that one through the uprights and, uh, yeah, walked away with a huge victory. Justin Geisinger called it a program-changing victory, a program-building victory. Wow. That's that's a heck of a win, uh, and hey, with that one in Nashville, he could feel the energy. Or not in Nashville, Knoxville, uh, he he could feel the energy flipping. I'm glad he couldn't feel any golf balls being thrown at him. Hey, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you never know when a chip shot is contest is going to break out, Brady. Listen, yeah. you always got a golf ball on you just in case, okay? Just, just in case Lane Kiffin walks into the building. Hey, exactly. But like I said, you never know. I heard Neyland Stadium's thinking about adding a chipping green because, you know, product on the field may not be that great, so give you some other activities to do during a football game, kind of like the sounds do, right? Not that the sounds do. That's right, there's a little – Yeah, a little – They got a little putt-putt, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's all all they were doing. They were just preparing for the the chipping area that they're going to put in uh, Concourse C. I hear hear the mustard at uh, at Neyland Stadium is great, too. Oh, wonderful. The best mustard you could get, honestly. I mean, who – who brings a bottle of mustard to a football game? <laughs> the theory I saw was um, whoever had the mustard bottle on them might not have been using it for mustard. It might have been repurposed by oh, a college student, oh, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's – Which, you know, it's, 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 not a, it's not a bad idea, you know, if, if I were in college If right you're now, in college and of legal, and of legal age, it's not a course, bad idea. Of course, of course. But uh, – Otherwise, I, I mean, I like the story that a guy just had a bottle of mustard on him. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the story I'm choosing to go with. And um, shout, out to, shout out to our colleague, Chris Yao, who actually changed, made that his profile picture. What's that's that right. Bottle, what's that bottle? <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. Chris has a great <laughs> sense of humor, and it, it shows with his, his new uh, yellow profile picture on Twitter. Um, but enough, uh, enough Vols talk. Um, let's, what, what do you say we get into our uh, picks for this week? Okay. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Let me, uh, how many, how many picks you got this week, Brady? So I'm looking at six games this week. You know, we're getting back to a, uh, I'm or I believe actually, I'm sorry. It is seven games this week. Uh, I got seven games this week after having uh, nothing in town last week and get this every single game being played among Clarksville schools this week is played in the County. Ooh. So we went from no games in Clarksville or Montgomery County last week to seven of them. So if you don't have Friday plans, uh, I'm about to give you seven different options of uh, places you could go to. Yeah. So, uh, and that's quite the, that's, that's, man, that's got to make it hard on you, right? I mean, I know anytime I get that same uh, scenario, it's, it's like, man, like, how do I, how do I cover everybody? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, for any of my fellow, uh, my nerds out there, um, I, I wish I could break out the, uh, the shadow clone jutsu from Naruto so I can, have seven of me out there instead of just one, so I could go to all the games. 
Um, but alas, uh, I, I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a humble writer. Um, I, I have, I've only got one of me. I have no idea what you're talking about, Brady. So let's just move on to, you know, there's going to be someone, there's going to, there's <laughs> going to be someone out there who knows. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, let me have the first pick this yeah. this week since I yeah. uh, I had to wait so long. So yeah, that's <laughs> to right. Get back yeah. out yeah, to the right. field. Um, so the first game I'm looking at is uh, one that was a TWSWA quarterfinal last year, um, and it will not be <laughs> this year. It's going to be between the Henry County Patriots and the Northeast Eagles. Um, both teams kind of have tough looking records this year. Henry County is three and five. Northeast is two and six. Um, Henry County's schedule, though, has been a lot tougher. You know, they've lost games to uh, Beach. I believe they played Summit. Um, You know, they recently lost a really close game to Springfield, whereas Northeast is just – actually, I have it right here. Um, Henry County's losses this year, Summit, Beach, Springfield, Brentwood, and Paducah. So um, they've played played a bit of a gauntlet. Um, But the Eagles are are down worse than Henry County is by a long shot. Um, You know, I – uh, if they if they were still having a good season, I'd almost be tempted to pick Northeast in this one. You know, if they were still as good as they were last year, I'd almost be tempted to pick um, Northeast in this game because it is at Northeast. Um, but unless this unless their bye week just magically fixed every single problem, namely but not limited to the offense, defense, and special teams, um, they probably won't win this game. Um, uh, Northeast is just, um, you know, it's been a disappointing season for them, uh, unfortunately, um, and I'm going to have to pick Henry County in this game, 42-8. to Yeah, I mean, that's a fair pick, I think. And, and, you know, I would would bet, and I haven't talked to a lot of coaches about this, but I'm sure a lot of coaches would tell you that Henry County is better than what their record shows. Yeah, absolutely. That, That strength of schedule, I mean, you have to take that into account. Absolutely. Uh, looking at my first game, Brady is Beach making the trip to Brentwood for non-region action. The Bucks six and two overall, and Brentwood four and two, four and four. Excuse me. This is the first time these two teams have met on the gridiron since two thousand one, Brady. Hmm. So, so it's been it's been quite some time now. Uh, none of those, since, none of the players who are going to be playing those, none of those guys were born. Not exactly. Hey, good math. Hey, listen, <laughs> this what, is a math, math show now. <laughs> exactly. This is a math, a math show. Exactly. Listen, uh, Beach is coming off a convincing victory over Gallatin uh, and has won three in a row, scoring more than 30 points in each game, including a 63-point outburst over West Creek on October 1st. While I do anticipate Brentwood being the, the best team that Beach has played since their last loss at Summit, um, I do think Beach should be in this football game come the fourth quarter. That said, the Bruins have won four of their last five, beating Henry County, Hillsboro, Independence and Franklin along the way. I do think this game can go either way, Brady, but being at Brentwood, I'm going to give the small edge to the Bruins. So give me Brentwood 29-24 over Beach. That's going to be a heck of a game. Of course, I mean, it seems like the whole state of Tennessee has got just an awesome schedule this week, but that's definitely going to be one of the better ones, especially in middle Tennessee. Um, looking ahead, uh, this is a game that we're both going to be picking. Um, we've got the Hendersonville Commandos who are 5-3. and three. They're ranked number 12 in our latest Main Street Preps top 25 poll. Um, they're facing the Rossview Hawks, who are two and six, having a bit of a down season. Um, Rossview is another team, I'd say, not quite as bad as their record shows. Um, but that said, they're also not really having a very good season. Um, they, uh, they they played their worst game of the season recently, um, ahead of the bye week against Gallatin. I don't know what happened in that game, but they lost. They went thirty-seven and nothing. Um, there's no chance they're thirty-seven points worse than Gallatin. Um, 
but unfortunately they're not playing Gallatin this week. They're playing Hendersonville, which I think um, has has very much uh, set it itself um, as the best team in, in that region. Um, so uh, I, I'd like to see Ross U compete, um, you know, maybe bounce back a little bit after this bye week. Um, but Hendersonville, that's just, that's just a tall task, man. I mean, Hopefully they can keep it. They played Riverdale earlier this season, uh, and they lost that game thirty-five to nothing. Which, I mean, it's still a blowout. But to Riverdale, you know, you can you can live with that. I'd like to see them try to keep it, you know, in that range. Um, but I do have Hendersonville winning this forty-five to zero. Yeah, I mean, it's let's go. Ahead, I'll go ahead and jump to that game as well since we're talking about it. Um, I'll keep it short, really, because the Commanders are going to be favored in their last two games of the season, right at Rossview mm-hmm. at West Creek. So. They're probably, you know, 99.99999% chance they're going to win the region championship. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a question of if will Hendersonville win this game, Brady. It's a question of will they handle business the way that they're supposed to handle yeah. business. How soon can they get their starters out? Exactly. Um, so, you know, long story short, I've got Hendersonville winning very easily, almost the exact same score that you picked, but I'm giving Rossview a chance to score 49 to 7. There you go. Well, we'll we'll see who comes a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, uh, looking ahead, um, I've got one of uh, my personal favorite teams that I've seen so far this season. That's going to be the Kenwood Knights. They're four and four this season. They're going to be facing the Northwest Vikings, who are one and seven. Um, Kenwood uh, heading into their bye week on a two-game winning streak uh, against Portland. Who, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you give a shout out to them once you pick their game. Just beat Station Camp, which is a huge win for them. Um, for sure. And that's a team that Kenwood beat a couple weeks ago. Um, and then beat Rossview before their bye week. So Kenwood is riding a lot of momentum right now. Uh, Northwest is a team that they should very much handle um, with relative ease. I know Kenwood sometimes can get in their own way, um, but this just feels like the best Kenwood team, at least that I've seen since I've been here. Um, because of that, I'm going to pick Kenwood 42-8. to Yeah, I mean, listen, I think Kenwood's having a really good year. Um, not to plug my podcast, but to totally plug my podcast – you can check mm-hmm. out this Sumner County All Sports Show where I do a little bit of playoff breakdown and tell you that I think Kenwood finishes a, as the number three team in that region. So I think I think they're 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 bound for that. Yeah, I think it's looking like they'll be number three uh, after Springfield and Henry County, just above Portland. Yep. So moving on to my next game is um, a game that I don't think is going to be very close, and that's Gallatin on the road at Lebanon. Gallatin three and four on the season. Lebanon having a really really good year at seven and one. Listen. The Green Wave welcoming Clarksville next week for that 3-4 matchup for Region 5-6A. And I'm not saying that they don't care about the Lebanon game or anything like that because they do. Because you're try- you're going into the playoffs and you want to build momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, the biggest game of their season is not this week. Yeah. It's it's next it's next week because you know that spell next week's game is going to be the difference between going to Cane Ridge and either Smyrna or Overton. Smyrna and Overton yeah. have to play, I believe, this Friday, and that will determine who the 2-3 is. But, you know, you don't want to go to Cane Ridge, who looks to be the best team in that mm-hmm. region, right? Yeah. So, um, all that said, since the start of their six-game winning streak, Lebanon averages about 30 points a game, including their win over Mount Juliet, 35 nothing. Mount Juliet blew out Gallatin. So, with that said, I, I don't think this one is ever is ever close. I'm taking Lebanon 49 to 10 over Gallatin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 like you said, I mean that Gallatin team, um, they they do have a little bit of momentum going for them, um, but 
I mean, the, it's going to be hard not to be focused on their Clarksville game that last that last game of the week. And they're breaking in a new quarterback this week with Luke Cook as D. Sullivan exited the beach game with bruised ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some optimism, though. Uh, you know, I, listen, I don't, I'm not going to get into the weeds of of college recruiting and things like that. But one of their sophomore running backs, Jaheim McDonald, apparently picked up an offer from Ole Miss over the Ooh. weekend. Uh, also picked up an offer from Eastern Kentucky. So clearly, there's, clearly, clearly, there is talent on that team. Um, how Chad Watson will use that talent, I guess we'll see. But if I was him, I mean, even if even if Jaheim Merriweather projects to the defensive side of the ball at 6'3", 185 as a sophomore, 15-year-old sophomore. <laughs> you got to give him 30 carries a game, right? I mean, I was like I was like 5'2", I think, when I was 15 years old and something like that. So, Well, uh, I'm, I'm a little different. I can't really, you know, I, had, <laughs> you know, I, I can't relate to that. Uh, I can relate more to, to, to Merriweather. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to be that size at that age, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, listen, I'm not a head coach. But you gotta give him the ball, yeah. More that's than he's a, getting, right? That's a man playing some kids. Yeah, so that's what I think about Gallatin Lebanon this week. Yeah, my my next game. Uh, this is a uh, non-region game, uh, and though it's a very uncommon matchup, I do think they should give it a name. And uh, I would personally call it Battle of the Shallow, Slow-Moving Streams because it is the White's Creek Cobras <laughs> versus the West Creek Coyotes. <laughs> Um, so whichever Creek flows faster, uh, we will see. Um, I think it's going to be West Creek though. Uh, this is their best chance to win since they played Northwest, uh, very early in the season. Um, that's the only common opponent between these two teams. Um, White's Creek lost to Northwest by a touchdown. West Creek beat them by 33. So that tells you pretty much all I need to know about this game. Um, it'll be nice for the Coyotes to get another win on the board, get that second win of the season as they're just one and seven at the moment. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll be nice for them to, to get another victory, um, which I think they're going to do 35 to six. So in this podcast, we've had um, a little bit of anime talk, uh, <laughs> a little bit of math. Um, we got the math. math and a little bit of um, naming rights to a potential rivalry game. Yeah, I mean, we you can't say that we don't keep it fresh here on Coach Speak. I mean, we're bringing you content no one else does. So, yeah. uh, move, move, moving on to my next pick is a very, very good matchup. I called it sneaky good in my column. I think I need to delete that because I don't think there's anything sneaky about this football game, and that's Pope Prep on the road at Ravenwood. Both Ooh. teams 6-2 and two overall. Uh, since losing their first game of the year to NBA, Ravenwood has won six of their last seven, scoring an average of 36 points per game. Um, but that's not the problem. The problem is defensively, as they are giving up more than three touchdowns a game in that span. And to be quite honest with you, Brady, after the numbers that I just spewed with Pope mm-hmm. John Paul at Narcs Catholic, <laughs> I think they give up more than that Friday night. Uh, Florida State quarterback commit Chris Parson will be worth the price of admission for Ravenwood. Um, and will make plays for the Raptors. But Pope struts out their own future Division One signal caller in Kenny Minchie. So points, I think, are just going to be – I think the scoreboard operator might get tired from pushing uh, every time he has to push the new point button. That's going to um, be a lot of buttons. Yeah, but that said, I think I've got, I've got a typo in my column. My column says 49-21, but I think actually Pope is going to win 49-31. to Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Chris Parson, Kenny Minchie, you know, Miles Pollard, Todd Ravenwood. There's a lot of talent in that football game. That's going to, that's going to be some, 
some good football, man. And uh, I'm super excited. And, and listen, Justin Geisiger is probably going to do a lot of things with his wide receivers. Um, but I think a premier matchup on the outside is going to be Miles Pollard, cornerback covering Colin Cook, the wide receiver who has 14 touchdowns through eight games. Oh, my gosh. You think they like throwing the ball to him? Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be a premier matchup. And uh, yes. I think I think Russell's going to be there at that game for us. So we'll obviously get a really good story out of it. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I think Phil, he's taking Phil as a photographer. So mm-hmm. that could potentially be the game. Of, I don't know what Russell picked as his, as his game of the week this week, but I think that could be a nominee. You know what? I think game of the week is uh, Lipscomb Academy and CPA. But uh, it makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. But that I mean, if, if that's going to be a close second or third. I mean, that's definitely one of the top games. I mean, it, it, that'll be one of the top games of the year, possibly. I'm going to move on to my next game. Um, I'm going to be quick with this one because it is the 1-7 and seven Maplewood Panthers at Clarksville. Um, Clarksville, like every other team that I've said, uh, is coming off a bye week. And Maplewood, um, you know, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, it's kind of terrible. Um, this is a, I, I called this one in my column uh, essentially a warm-up game for CHS before that Gallatin game next week, which we've already alluded to. Um it's really not a question of um, whether Clarksville will win. Um, it's really just a matter of how many touchdowns Rayshon Bowling is going to score for the Wildcats. Um, I've got them uh, winning this one 54-0. Sounds about right. Moving on to my game that I will be at this week, um, we've got Portland, who is 4-4 four and four versus Springfield, 6-1. and one. Um, There's no – I mean, they, they've picked up as big of a win as they've had all season uh, last week on the road at Station Camp. Um they currently sit in a tie with Henry County for second place at 2-1 overall in Region 7-5-8. And honestly, Brady, if they beat Springfield and Henry County these last two weeks of the season, I, I don't know how Kenwood fared in, in their games, but I would think that Portland's going to win the Region Championship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, uh, Ken, Kenwood did lose to both of those teams, just to put it out there. Yeah, so um, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's still a possibility. Yeah. Um, so, like I just said, a win is easier said than done. The Jackets sit, sit at 6-2 and two overall with losses to Wilson Central and Beach. Uh, two very good programs. Uh, Wilson Central, of course, being 5A, Beach being 6A. Uh, twice this season, Springfield has scored more than 40 points on their way to a 24-point-per-game average. While defensively, they have registered two shutouts and only 10 points per game surrendered. Um, they've given up... Only more than 10 points twice this season, which was a week three win over Clarksville Northeast, 34-22, and a week nine loss to Beach, 31-17. So how will Portland score? They do have a talented backfield and an aggressive offensive front. They should give them opportunities, but I just think Springfield's too good, to be quite honest. And so I've got the Yellow Jackets winning 35-17. to Yeah, I mean, getting that win over Station Camp for Portland is going to do all kinds of things for their confidence. Um, for sure. Whether the Jackets are better than the Bison, um, it's hard to say. I, th- I think those are te- two teams that are very even keeled, I would think, or on, on an even playing field. Um, so, I mean, hey, I, 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 it's definitely hard. I, I mean, and you definitely aren't counting Portland out for sure. No, uh, no. I mean, listen, I picked before the season started, I picked them to finish seven and three on the year. Right. So, and, I, and I went through their schedule, but this was one of the three losses that I've, that I've had yeah. since the beginning of the year. This one in Henry County. Yeah. I can't remember who my third one was. Maybe East Hamilton, but I digress. Um, listen, I think Portland is a great team. Um, and I'm not taking a, taking away from their win at all last week at, Sprint, at Station Camp. And I don't know this to be true because I wasn't there and I haven't talked to anybody. But you've got a Station Camp team who's playing a non-region game on senior night, and you've got your region championship next week. 
like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Portland. And I'm not saying that what I'm suggesting has any value to it. But I'm just putting it out there. That may, you know, these are 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. Maybe that's a thought in the back of their mind in the second quarter. It's like we just gave up a touchdown. It's like, oh, no big deal. We've got we're playing for the region title next week. I'm not like I said, I'm not saying that's true, but that could have happened. You know, going back to your point of station camp in Springfield being kind of evenly matched. Yep. Absolutely. And uh looking at my last two games here, um, I'm gonna start with uh Clarksville Academy hosting Columbia Academy. Um my last two games are both gonna have huge playoff implications. Um saving the best for last year. Um Columbia Academy is one and six and Clarksville Academy is five and three. Now looking at those records, you would think like, you know, Clarksville Academy gotta be the favorite here, right? Um but it's been well documented that Clarksville Academy has kind of played some cupcakes in their non-region games. I mean, that Tennessee Heat game is... They're building a program over there, Brady. Yeah. They're but trying to that, build a program. That, that Tennessee Heat game is going down in infamy uh, in so many ways. Um, <laughs> whereas uh, uh, Columbia Academy has played uh, non-region games like Davidson Academy and Franklin Road Academy. Um, will those experiences be enough to put them over the Cougars? It, it's tough to say. Um, now, one, I, th- I think the biggest factor in this game is that Clarksville Academy's quarterback, Cooper Wallace, who has been having a really good season, is done for the year. Uh, he broke his collarbone in their mm. most recent game mm. against Grace Christian Academy, which ended up being a loss. And I think that that all but really sinks most of their chances at whatever they were capable of doing granted they have a good uh, athlete at backup quarterback in dj merriweather he's a lefty if you're a fan of that um he's a he, he plays basketball he's a, he's a point guard in basketball he plays first base i believe and he's a pitcher um so this is a kid who's a good athlete i mean three sports he, there's no question he can he's he's an athlete he, he can play sports the question is how comfortable is he at quarterback you know, uh, when he took over uh, for um, Cooper Wallace against GCA, uh, he did look uncomfortable at times. You know, they have a uh, they had a very good defensive line, so he was getting hurried a lot. And, you know, you could just kind of tell that he isn't a quarterback by trade. Um, so whether he can, you know, really adjust and play his a strong game under in his first full game under center coming up this week is really going to uh, mean a lot. Um, but that said, uh, I, I do think that Clarksville Academy can get win this game because if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. That's that's it for them. So I mean, this is they're, they're basically the playoffs start for them this week. This so this is a huge game for them. Uh, they've got great athletes in guys like um, Keith Richburg, Paris Pridgen, and Corbin Yarbrough who had a huge game when I went and saw them. Um, I'm taking Clarksville Academy in this one, 27-21. I've also got two games myself. I'm going to save the region championship pick for the last pick. Uh, but up next is White House on the road at Westmoreland. White House 7-1 and one on the year. Westmoreland 2-6. and six. But that 2-6, and six, don't believe it. Don't yeah. believe it, Brady. Um, that said, the reason why I tell you to don't believe it is because White House doesn't believe it. White House is taking this game very seriously. Ryan Hamilton knows that Westmoreland is – one of the best two and six football teams in the state. I don't know how many they are. Let's ask Donovan <laughs> next time he does his uh, by the numbers column. He, he, he would know. He would. He know. would certainly know. Um, but one, but certainly one of the top two and six programs in the state. 
And so because they are taking that mentality into this game of not looking, not overlooking anyone, uh, taking this game very seriously, I think they do roll, and I think it spells for an early night for his starters. So I'm picking White House 49-10 to 10 over Westmoreland. Okay, all right. I mean, I mean, White House, they've just been – They've been a surprise as much as they've anybody. been a great surprise. I mean, Absolutely. since losing their first game to station camp, running off seven in a row, they play spoiler that night at Nissan stadium to Waverly. Um, they, right. they just had, they've just had a great, great season and Hey, stick around. I am still going to give you that crazy stat that we talked about. <laughs> please. Yeah. Don't forget about that, please. I, I'm, I, I mean, I haven't even heard it yet. Well, I thought about <laughs> it because it has to do, I thought about it because it has to do with white house. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I haven't even heard this stat yet, so I'm still on pins and needles about this thing. Um, but I'm going to get into my last pick here. Um, you know, we've heard some some great games already. I mean, we heard about that Ravenwood-Pope game, uh, Beach and Brentwood. Um, this one not quite on that level, but it's still going to be a very good football game. This is going to be the Marshall County Tigers at the Montgomery Central Indians. Uh, Marshall County is 6-2 and two and 4-2 and two in the region. Montgomery Central, 7-1 and 5-1. and one. Um, This is a game that I've, I've, I, I do believe these – are going to be two of the four teams uh, to make the playoffs in this region, along with Tullahoma and Pearl Cone. Um, and this game could very much be the difference bet- uh, between, you know, going to Hardin County, which I mean, I don't think either of these teams want to do in the first round and going to, I think Lexington was the, was, is, is planning on, or, you know, uh, trending toward being the two seed. So, I mean, this game is huge, but for both of these teams, I mean, you, you, you'd much rather face Lexington than Hardin County, um, at least in my humble opinion. Um, this game is at Montgomery Central. Um, this is really just the second of an end-of-season gauntlet. They played uh, Tullahoma two weeks ago, and they have Pearl Cone next week. So, I mean, whether you want to call Marshall County the quote-unquote weakest of those three, you can do that. I, I would probably say that's the case, but to say Marshall County is is weak at all is is um it's just it's not very accurate. I mean, this is a very good football team, um, but Montgomery Central is very good themselves. Um, where uh, the Indians have really made their money, hypothetically, of course, um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, they've held um, teams under twenty points in every game. Um, Un, I, I believe, except for one, in all in all of their wins, they've held opponents to under twenty points. Uh, I want to say the most they've allowed in a win was like twelve. I want to say. Um, now that said, Marshall County has only been held under twenty once this season. So this is going to be an, a, an electric offense versus a stout defense. You know, kind of that immovable object, unstoppable force kind of thing. Um, but that said, uh, Central's coming off the bye week. You know that gives them a little bit of a boost. You know they can they're a little bit healthier, perhaps. Um, they've got an awesome fan base that I know is going to show up in droves and make that stadium real loud. They're going to be rocking the hill, I believe, as they call it, because you know they got a cool little football stadium up on the hill, kind of overlooking the school, some baseball fields. It's a cool atmosphere. I like it a lot, and I'm going to be there, so I'm excited for this. Um, whereas I, I, I do want to say Marshall County beat Glencliff last week, which might as well be a bye week. No offense. Um, whether whether those factors are going to make a difference, we'll see. Um, but I have Marshall County winning this game very close, twenty-one to seventeen. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a real good one for sure. Closing out our pickums, Brady is a game for the region championship, but only for the region championship for Station Camp. Of course, I'm talking about the Bison making the trip to Green Hill. Both teams seven and one, cool. four and zero in Region Five Five A play. The reason why I say it's only a region championship game for Station Camp 
is because Green Hill still has to play Mount Juliet next week, who happens to be the third team. So, mm-hmm. in theory, they could win this one, you know, lose to Mount Juliet, and then you get into, like, all kind of tiebreakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's where more math comes in. Exactly. And listen, I'm already struggling. We'll, so, get, that, we'll get into that next week if we need to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I'm just going to take the easy road here, Brady, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Station Camp's playing for their first region title since 2013. Um they're excited, Brady. I mean, I know I know they lost last week against Portland, but that man, they're just thrilled over there on the East Bank. They're jumping for joy. They cannot wait to get on that bus to make the trip to Green Hill High School. Uh coming off their first loss, I think they're going to respond well. I do think Green Hill is a very good football team. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. No doubt in my mind they are a good football team. But with so much on the line, this team taking the identity of their head coach give me station camp 28 21 to bring home the region title for the first time since 2013. That's going to be a heck of a game. I mean, uh, as, as, as we know, green Hill is almost an entirely brand new school altogether. Yep, I mean, second year program. Yeah. This is just their second year of existing. So either way, I mean, um, whoever wins this game, it's going to be one of the bigger wins in program history for either of these two schools, at least in recent history. Um, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, either way, that's going to be a, an awesome game. I'm sure it'll be an awesome atmosphere too. Yeah, and uh, our colleague Ivan Ronan will be there to uh, to tweet it out, to to write the stories. Um, and Brad Jones, I you know our photographer that is is world class, top the top of the top of his game, a one if you want to say. Uh, so right. should get some great coverage from from that game. Very much looking forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, all right, you you guys have listened this far in. Zach made you guys a promise early on. We got a crazy stat. Zach, what is it? Okay, so we're going to look at the White House High School Blue Devils football team. They're 7-1 and one on the season like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. They've won seven in a row. They locked up the region championship. They look like as good of anyone in Class 3A to make a run at it. I was talking about this earlier. Really, it's East Nashville that's gonna that they're probably going to meet in the quarterfinals, and then you're going to run into like a Covington or a, or a Dyersburg or something like that in the semifinals. But then once you get to Chattanooga – Alcoa. Uh, yeah, I would think so. But I digress. Um, so here's the stat around the White House High School football team. I saw this on Donovan Stewart's By the Numbers column. By the way, he does this By the Numbers column every week, so you can go all the way back to week one to check that out. But here's this. Here, here's the here's the stat that he put in there. 214 and 955. Okay, 214 that, and 955. That is the total number of rushing carries and rushing yards for both White House teammates and quarterback Ramey Blackburn and running back Reese McAfee for the 7-1 Blue Devils. Both have 107 carries for 955 yards. The exact no same stat line. No way. So You're right. I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's... Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can. I don't think you could even do that in in Madden or or NCAA if you went in there and tried. You know, you you try to you know you get to the yard line and you try to slide. I mean, that doesn't even sound real. Yeah, you and you take in the fact that that Raining is a is a quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I don't. Is he getting tackled for law? I mean, dude, that's just so wild. I, I couldn't believe it in either. I thought it was a typo, so I went ahead and put it on Twitter. And I was just like, wild stat here from at Donovan Stewart in his weekly by the numbers. Cause I, I mean, 107 yeah. carries for 955 yards each. That's, those are so specific too. I mean, it's not like, you know, 100 yeah. carries, 500 yards or something. Like, and, and not to mention, both of those stat lines are crazy. I mean, that's like, that's an insane yard per carry. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, again, not a math guy here, but over nine. And, and yeah, yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, that's a first down Ooh. nearly every carry. You can see why that offense is scoring like crazy. Yeah. So, man. Yeah. Two teammates with the exact same stat lines: 107 carries, 955 yards for Reese McAfee and Rainy Blackburn. Well. Uh, well, I, I think that's a perfect spot to end the show. Keep you guys something to think about how that could possibly even even be the case. Um, but uh, <laughs> but thank you guys for joining us for yet another week of Coach Speak. Uh, we, we always enjoy having this talk. Uh, we'll talk again next week, and uh, we will see you on the fields. See you, everybody. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.